0: Hi, Welcome to Got a Ping, a careers podcast you should listen to if you want to grow your career online and offline. Hi, my name is Mei Ping and I'm a professional career coach and international speaker with more than a decade of experience at some of the biggest companies in the world. To learn more about what I do, visit meiping.com. That's M-E-I-P-H-I-N-G dot com. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of my Got a Pink podcast, a podcast that you should listen to if you are serious about growing your corporate career. So today's episode is actually a replay of a podcast interview that I did with Daniel Tanasi. So Daniel Tanasi is a finance professional based in Romania, who is also very passionate about leadership topics. So in today's special episode, it is the replay of that podcast interview that I did with Daniel last year. Where we basically cover three key components. So, the first one is the differences in leadership and cultures all around the world. So, we compared Malaysia, Singapore, basically the Asian leadership focus as compared to his home country in Romania. Second thing, I shared some practical tips on how you could really start developing your leadership skills at your job. And thirdly, we also talked a little bit about some of the strategies that I personally recommend to my clients to help them better navigate the workplace and pretty much take the lead, um, whichever capacity they are at the workplace, be it a junior staff, all the way to senior. So this is my um, signature PHING method that I teach to a lot of my clients as well. So I hope that you will enjoy this episode and you will also learn a lot from the various leadership cultures styles as well as focus and you also enjoy this conversation that I have with Daniel. So with that, I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you in the next one. Cheers.
1: Acesta este Finanțe FM cu Daniel Tănase. Alăturatelui lui Daniel într-un audio show în care înveți să preiei controlul asupra banilor din viața ta, în timp ce alergi pe bandă la sală, conduci sau plimbețezi. Iată gazda ta, Daniel Tănase. Hello everyone. This is your host Daniel and you are at a new episode from Finance FM or Finance FM if you want in English. And today we are talking about leadership. And for today's episode, I have an amazing guest. I will let her introduce herself and tell us more about what she do and why. Please welcome Mei Ping Lim.
0: Hi, hi everyone. Hi, I'm Mei Ping and I am a a next-generation leadership coach. So what this means is that I specialize in working with young people, so young executives and entrepreneurs so that they can level up their emotional intelligence and also prepare them with future-ready skills so that they can really navigate complexity in a very dynamic and complex workplace that we have right now. So I'm very passionate about working with young people. Um, I, myself, Um, is also a young leader. So I was in the corporate world for 10 years working with multinational companies, uh, Standard Chartered, Visa, and Sun Yang. And I have been consistently been promoted um, very quickly, rise up the ranks, even though um, I was uh, really significantly younger than my peers. So it was then that I realized that um, leadership is so critical and you don't always have to have a title To become a leader, so there are skills that you can develop that will allow you to um, really live in your potential, and these are the same skills that will allow you to really rise up and do well, whether you're at work in corporate or small businesses, or you know even if you're running your own business. So this is something that I do now, working with clients, so that they can also level up their potential, either in their career or in their business.
1: So you are in Singapore right now, okay? Yes. What's the market there? Tell me about leadership there in your country, in the companies from your country.
0: Yeah. So um, I'm pretty much in between Singapore and Malaysia right now. But I would say that the general sentiment in Asia is that there is a lot of focus on um, knowledge, knowledge, from universities as well as what I call book smart knowledge. So in terms of um, leadership, we are still seeing hiring uh, of people with, I guess, um, higher IQ uh, with more degrees and qualifications. And that is really something that is being looked at um, quite often. But I think gradually with uh, the various multinational companies and large organizations in Singapore, we are seeing a lot more investment in the um, the training and coaching industry as a way to really help certain individuals to really uh, maximize their potential. So helping them to navigate through problems where in the past um, it was more of a sort of a one way, you know, there are procedures and there are training. You just need to complete uh, paperwork. But I think right now, you know, there is a focus on uh, more of a human to human approach. So the um, the tendency of wanting to um, have that support structure that that's where you know coaching really comes in
1: okay G- great to hear about this uh, uh, here in romania uh, leadership is something fuzzy or um, i don't know misty misty thing mm. there are a lot of discussions a lot of debates um, one man says like this the other man <laughs> says like this and um, it, it's also something like a mainstream topic, but also not much people know really what it's about. And you, you said it very good. You don't have to uh, to uh, have a title to be a leader. And I mm. want to ask you from this context, what makes an extraordinary leader?
0: Yeah.
1: What Happy do you to think share. about?
0: um Okay, personally, you know, I've always said that leadership is self-management. So I'll repeat that. Leadership is self-management because if you cannot manage yourself, there is no way you can you can lead anyone else, right? So Great. to me, there are a few components that would make a, a person or individual a good leader. The first is self-awareness. So really understanding yourself right? Your personality, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are you good at? What are some of your development points that you should be working on? Because self-awareness is something that we hear about it. In fact, I think not enough. We, we should spending more time talking about self-awareness because in our world right now, it's, very, it's, it's just really noisy. Like you said, right? you Sometimes leadership is very fuzzy. You hear a lot of people talking about it, but you don't often hear people defining it very clearly. Um, the other thing also is that with the various information out there, there seems to be like a, um, a to-do list of what a leader needs to be and what skills they need to learn. Yes, there are skills that needs to be learned, but I think an understanding of a leader is really that holistic, um, that is the personality, the self-awareness, the, um, the skills as well as the emotional intelligence, right? And the ability to adapt, to communicate. So all the skills really come together. But the skills can only come together when the individual really truly understands themselves and how they can best manage themselves. So whether it's managing their emotions, managing their behavior, managing time, managing their workload, managing priorities. So just different components that really come into into one. The, yep. There are also other key components that will um, help a person become better leader. Um, the second one is communication. So communication is two ways, right? Not just with between the individual and another person, but I think more importantly, the individual with themselves. So is that is that inner dialogue that is also very critical, rather than you're know, just constantly looking outwards. Um, definitely, communication is really critical because if you cannot communicate your vision and what you're looking for and then how can you motivate someone else and how can you make sure that your team, your partners, your collaborators really understand how they can help you and how they can support you and how you both can work together. So communication is definitely very important.
1: So you you said about self-management, self-awareness and um, Mm. other things like this. So we can we consider these as leadership skills. How do we cultivate cultivate them?
0: Mm. So, how to cultivate self awareness is um, always taking the time to observe and listen. So, I found these two tips very important. Um, why why listen? Because we spend so much time talking that we don't spend enough time listening and understanding. So. When you're always kind sort of looking outwards, always um, talking with having a conversation with an intent to respond, you actually don't really learn as much. So, without the uh, the learnings and the insights, knowledge, and listening to perspectives from other people, it really limits you as a leader. Because if you were required to make a decision or you know do doing critical thinking, it actually limits what you have as your tools. To make a, a better decision, then you know if you had really make the effort just to listen to different perspectives and really observe because sometimes right the words also need to tie need to align with the actions, so it's not just what they say, what people say, but also what people do. I think that both um, listening and observing, uh, listening to the words and observing the behavior will allow you to kind of have a more consolidated view as a leader. Leader that will help um, the individual to, to make better decisions and to better also understand like what motivates other people so that you can then create a, a more win-win relationship.
1: Yep. So everybody is talking about cultural organization, amazing culture. How do you create an amazing culture? Uh, what's the role of um, the leadership or the leaders in creating such an amazing culture? what do you think about this how is the relationship between leadership and cultural organization
0: yeah so i definitely think that different organizations um have their own culture but i think if we look at um where the the modern organization is heading towards right it's about how different people can contribute in their different way i think we are slowly moving away from the traditional organizations where there is a set of rules and you just do what you're told and you know I work with a lot of young people and especially the generation z so these are the people who are 25 years and below so as they are moving up to join the workforce um, they are constantly asking why why are we doing certain things why And I think for the organization to create a good culture and to be able to adapt, to move forward, you know, year 2020 and beyond, there needs to be an open dialogue to really have a conversation and understanding how different people from different generations can really work together and can really have their voices heard as well. So it's really encouraging more of a a two-way dialogue rather than just, you know, the, the boss telling the junior staff what to do or the senior staff um, telling the junior staff what to do. So I'm also seeing some um, companies practice, you know, reverse mentoring. So they would mm-hmm. bring in a senior staff with a more much more junior staff and then get them to um, mentor one another. Specifically, getting the 25-year-old to mentor the 55-year-old. And then mm-hmm. see how both of them can really learn from that. And similarly... To get you know junior executives to to mentor or to have conversations with more senior executives, so these are some of the efforts that I have seen. But of course, you know it also presents its own challenges because um, we are all very busy. Um, But I think it definitely is a step in the right direction.
1: I I think these are great methods, and I hope this will be widespread from (laughs) from now (laughs) from now on. Um, You're you're a coach and also a consultant, right? and maybe you have your own methods and we we talk here about <laughs> leadership cultures organizations people and yeah tell me about your your method i know you have one and please share with us what what is it
0: yeah sure so um so i design my PING method, uh, P-H-I-N-G method based on the uh, many years um, I was in the corporate world and also the many questions that I constantly get about people asking me, how did you move up the, um, the ranks so quickly even though you're, you were really young? So um, I was only in my 20s when I led multi-million dollar projects. So, so the PING method is this, P for personality, H for hacking of mindset, um, I for ideas and navigate and G for go getter. So I'll just share a little bit more about um, each and each one of these. Please, please. So P is personality. So like I said, right, I'm a huge believer in self awareness and really understanding your personality. What makes you tick? You know what you need to work on, because at the end of the day, it's not about what you need to do. It's actually what what drives you, and what encourages you to. To pursue a certain path, so I always believe that we need to start with understanding the person first. So understanding a personality, and you know what do you enjoy? You know what 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 are you good at? What are you naturally good at? You know, um, what are the successes that you have had? So this really allows me to identify. Okay, as a person, you know maybe Daniel really enjoys doing this, and this will try transcend across anything that you do. Right, so if if right. you're a person who really and en- enjoys big picture thinking, it, you'll probably enjoy more strat- a more strategic role rather than like a nitty gritty role. And this, it, you know, is is across everything that you do. So normally, I start with like really understanding the personality first. Then I move on to what I call the the hacker my uh the mindset phase because once you you know yourself well, you have a self awareness. The next thing is about okay, what, what is now really stopping you from doing what you said you wanted to achieve, right? There could be some blocks, there could be some fears, some past experiences that didn't go so well. Like for example, if you're a leader and in the past you led a project, but the project didn't get spectacular, uh, spectacular results, it might it might instill certain fear that you, you are afraid to take on big projects that could help, um, that could stop you from maybe getting promoted or getting that next client and so forth. So we talk a little bit more about the mindset um, what has actually stopped them from really taking the steps that they know they are they should be taking to achieve that big goal that they want to get? Then we move on to the ideas phase. So once they kind of um, you know get through the the mindset blocks, then we explore the different ideas and different options that they feel they would feel comfortable taking on. So back to the personality bit, I think it's always important to tie in um, the options available based on your personality like for example if if i'm an introvert if if my client's an introvert it will be extremely challenging to tell him or her to say hey the best way for to get promoted is to give like 10 speeches every month (laughs) so so it's not going to be very aligned and it's going to be a very difficult option and even if you know even if your client commits to doing it the chances are they're probably not set up to for success because it's yeah. so far away from their personality that maybe, you know, it's a three-step phase, we can we can eventually get there, but probably it's a sort of a not for now thing. Right? So the options right. also need to be fairly um, realistic and the and my client feel comfortable that okay, you know, it's a small step forward and I'm happy to take it so that they would actually try. But it's not, you know, shutting the door and say um you know, we're not going to try it. It's probably, it's a not for now, right? We're going to keep it until you have a certain level of um, confidence and competence. And then maybe we'll re-explore the option again. Awesome. Then um, the next phase is um, navigate. So, you know, in the workplace, as well as in business today, it's it's a complicated world. It's very dynamic. It's very fast paced. So I find that a lot of um the challenges that I see is really maybe not so much the technical skill, but it's the soft skills that allows um, you to really navigate uh, people and problems and honestly in most instances people causes problems um, a lot of problems are caused because um, we don't really know how to always manage um, another person's expectations or you know we have different views and really how to reconcile with that how to get along with people how to get is like really how to get along with people in an age whereby we're so used to emails, so used to social media, using our handphone. How to really talk to a person in a way that, you know, um, you can be understood, creating win-win relationships. All those are very critical, and these are not really the things that you see. Um, a lot of training programs cover and probably not so much in terms of like the professional education that you take on. So these are the little skills that um, it's a bit of a trial and error. But personally for me, you know, I have overcome a lot of these challenges and I'm also able to share some perspectives with my clients when we're at the navigate phase so that we can come up with some strategies that um, they can take while trying to navigate you know different different components and challenges that they are currently facing. And And the last one is my (laughs) go-getter phase. Um, Why I call it go-getter? Because um, knowledge is just knowledge. Insight is just insight. It's useless unless you actually go and take action and take consistent action. So I call it go-getter is because we always have to be very focused on the key goal and making sure that we're taking the right steps to move towards that direction so the go-getter phase we talk a lot about because um, a lot of times when I work with my clients is over a period of time so that we can measure progress and I'm also able to provide them with some feedback on how they can improve and pivot based on the um, the steps that they have taken so that's why we are constantly able to then re-explore the ideas the options that are available and sometimes up to a certain level they may experience certain blocks as a leader then we can then go back to a, their personality and just to understand, okay, why and some of the, the points that they might need to still develop to enable them to then level up as an even more senior leader. In some examples,
1: you know what, what's very interesting. you um, uh, hearing you talk about about this method. Mm-hmm. Um, I I started to uh, to think about me in the past. So <laughs> about about eight years ago um i uh, left the system from uh, left the corporate and banking world so mm. i started to know more about me <laughs> it, mm. it was it was such a period my personality <laughs> get to know me more and after that i have to uh, rewire my mindset I, uh, I challenged myself to know more people to change the city um, mm. went to uh, capital city of romania here in uh, Bucharest, I uh, I uh, from, moved from other city here, and then mm. I started to explore ideas, possibilities, and after that I started to navigate, to design, to mm. uh, plan some things, started <laughs> to act. I also had some failures. Okay, mm. uh, let's let's do it. Go uh, go this, uh, uh, cancel mm. this, and so things yeah. like that. But the most important thing was that I started to act a lot ideas mm. ideas are very important <laughs> but the yeah. action is the real difference so uh, your, your method worked for me even if you don't know me <laughs> didn't know me yeah <laughs> very very yeah. very interesting to to hear about this and uh yeah. when you when thanks you talk about
0: your and thanks for sharing your story i think that's a story that a lot of people can resonate with
1: yeah i hope so
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh guys we have to to act and girls (laughs) um you you talked about hacking and rewiring your mindset and you Mm -hmm. said you said something about uh failures yeah what were i don't know your biggest failures in leadership let's say or some failures if you if you want to share with us one or two examples Mm -hmm.
0: um if i could reposition that a little bit i would I want to talk about i think my biggest challenge as a leader is um, the fact that i look really young and i am very young when i took on very senior positions so um, i think you know in especially in asia um, age is a very big thing because we tend to respect people with um, who are older and have more experience so when i first took on um, leadership role even though i had the skills and i had the knowledge um, it was quite challenging to get respect because because I, I've i also had instances whereby people told me, oh, you look like you're 12 years old. Why should we listen to you? Um, I've also had people just kind of look past me in the meeting because they thought someone else was a decision maker. And, and uh, I guess challenges like that. Um, yes, yeah, I guess I could have viewed that as a failure on my end to convince them that I am the manager or I am a leader. But I mm-hmm. think... How I how I saw that was okay. So I can't change how I look like because that's how I look like. But I I truly believe that the work ethic and the skills will prevail because it's about how hard you are willing to how much do you believe that you have the right skills and you are deserving to to have a you know have a certain position and to be there and really overcome that self doubt because it's very easy to give up when Other people are telling you, oh, you're so young. What do you know? And stuff like that. So I implemented different different strategies as well. Like, for example, um, I then started not telling people how old I am. So I would use little tips, like uh, little tricks. Like if someone asks me, oh, so how old are you? And I'll say, oh, you know, it's the Asian genes. I just look really young. You know, I'm not as young as you think. And and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. It it makes it... um, it makes it a more cordial conversation and people naturally don't tend to um, ask those questions again because it indirectly sends a sign to say that, you know what, it, it really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's the deliverable, the objective of the project that we're trying to achieve. And as long as we can work together and we feel comfortable working together, then we should just go ahead. But challenges will come. It depends on, I guess, how much you really want it.
1: Yeah, of course. So... Um about uh about the the leaders and about mm. some the people um, yeah. pro- probably we can say you you cannot be a leader if you don't have a team right and um mm-hmm. may- maybe um uh, if you if you if we talk um in some incorporate world in teams yeah. smaller teams or bigger teams uh mm-hmm. maybe this this is true and we uh, we have questions like how the, for example how do you put the right people on the right teams maybe how do you scale your teams or things like that but if you yeah. if you are a, let's say a personal brand then you are mm-hmm. just you yeah how we can apply this
0: mm. okay so so I'll go back to what i said earlier i think leadership is self management and i think a lot of um I don't wanna say mistakes, but probably the the normal way how an organization tends to approach promoting people into leadership positions, for example, managers and whatnot, they see a person, an individual who's very, very good at their job, potentially technically very strong, and they say, Okay, I think this, you know, Sam is ready to be a leader, let me promote him. And then when they give Sam five people to manage, it 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 was that it went terrible. Because probably that individual needs to first learn how to manage themselves like right, to actually have those skills and then you get the people to manage a lot of times what i see is the opposite we we look at this individual contributor and we say okay i think he's really good at his job he or she now let me give him five more people to deal with and that's mm-hmm. when it's it actually went the opposite direction so i i would say this if you can develop leadership skills even if you don't have a team yet. And rest assured, the team will come because once you have those skills, not just you will become so much more effective and efficient at your job that your bosses and other people will notice it as well. That's where you get the team. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, yeah, go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, no, please continue.
0: And I think as an as an entrepreneur, uh, you are right. So if you are a one-man show, it is it is quite challenging. Um, but then again, I also hear a lot of coaches and consultants, uh, when they get busy, the first thing they do is to outsource, just look for different people to help them with their social media and different, different things. But sometimes, you know, to be able to take the lead and leading your other support, um, support teams that are helping you with other administrative work, you first need to learn management skills also. And that is a key critical part of leadership. So busyness cannot be resolved by just outsourcing the busyness because it, it, is, a, it is a skills gap of being unable to manage priorities and being effective and efficient. Yeah, so I, I would actually recommend like really sitting down and like really listing down all the priorities and choosing the ones that meets the you know three or five year objective and focusing on those and if there are some other things that can be outsourced, yes, that can be done. But not just um, very quickly jumping into, let me just outsource the busy work because I need more time. Because until you learn the skill to be able to manage um, different, different priorities, because, you know, we, as entrepreneurs, we will all want to work with more clients, right? Right. But if you can't handle 10 clients, then, then how can you scale? Because you don't actually have a system, you have a one-man show that is relying on outsourcing it to someone else to so that you can buy back your time. So I'm not sure how that would kind of work in the long term.
1: Mm -hmm. So you you talk you talk about skills and maybe the most important ones in 2020 and the years to come are let's (laughs) say future-ready skills as you. As you as you talk mm. about, please, please tell me more. What do you understand through this term, future-ready mm. skills?
0: Yeah. So to me, future-ready skills are human skills. It actually is what makes us human in an artificial intelligence digital world. So there are a lot of hard skills like maybe coding and all these other things that the computers can do for us. But what is not so clear-cut is the art of communication, creativity, right? you know, being able to adapt to different situations, mm-hmm. um, problem solving, um, creating win-win relationships. So all these, you know, are what I consider future ready because it doesn't matter how the technology evolve, there will always be a space for human to human communication. There will always be a space where we can have human to human relationships and there will always be challenges where we need to be creative in finding solutions, but also to be able to adapt when things don't go the way we want it. Whether it's the computer crashing down or it's an event not going ahead. That, that is, that these are different situations whereby the ability to adapt really comes in. And finally, it's really being able to make tough decisions because the computer can give you a lot of data but ultimately, it is the human that is making the decision, especially I would say big decisions that really make a massive impact.
1: Mm-hmm. In 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 this world, when we have now really different generations, mm. um, I, I also know you you have you have some interesting points about millennials and Gen Z youth engagement, yeah. and uh, also intergenerational workforce inclusion. Can you? Mm-hmm. Can we elaborate more on this?
0: Yeah, I think in the past, right, there's been a lot of focus on hard skills. So the ability to um, operate systems, um, you know, maybe coding or, um, uh, you know, email, digital skills. But I think a lot of that has um, has moved on because with the rise of technology, what we are gradually moving towards is, like I said, sort of the human skills, the ability to question and whatnot. So in an organization, you may have staff from 20 years old to maybe 60, 70 years old. So they're recognizing that they all come from different different ages in time, different background. They might have different perspectives on maybe how helpful technology is and how important is it to still be very contentious and still have rule books and whatnot. So it's about... Not focusing so much on what you need to do, right? How What each person actually needs to do, but the overall objective of what we are all trying to achieve together whether it's the 20-year-old is using a mobile phone to achieve the same, or the 60-year-old is probably using a typewriter. But if you're all moving in the same direction, it's very important for this group of hundreds and thousands of employees to all understand the vision and the objective and how they're contributing. I think that would alleviate some potential tension. Because what is very obvious is, you know, for example, if I'm using a mobile phone to do... To, to update a piece of report, my 60-year-old colleague might be using another form, right? And we might not be able to right. understand one another because we're just not as comfortable with the technology, whether it's the 60-year-old looking at the, I don't know, the mobile phone or the 20-year-old looking at a fax machine, which most of, most people don't know <laughs> what that is. Like if you're below 20, yeah, you don't know yeah, what a fax yeah. machine is. So yeah. it creates like a division, but it doesn't have to be because at the end of the day, we are all in this to help the, the team or the department to do better. So, what is each and uh, one of our role and how we contribute? So, how, you know, whether we use a handphone, we use, you know, a cloud or, or software, it's just a different method of achieving the goal.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome insights and thank you for, for these ones. Uh, because we, we don't have uh, much time left, let's uh, wrap it up and um, let's draw a conclusion with yeah. what can be two or three uh, actionable steps that we can uh, take to discover the leader in us or to become a better leader for our <laughs> teams <laughs> mm.
0: so so I'll, I'll leave you with a big one um, that just just came to me a couple of days ago and i would say this a leader is an iq plus eq plus aq so it's intelligence from knowledge insights, like the technical stuff. EQ, in terms of understanding yourself, understanding others in terms of emotions and kind of how you kind of self-regulate that. And AQ, and that's the adaptability and creativity portion, whereby we are always adaptable, we are agile, and we can deal with change in a positive manner. And I think all these three are critically important, equally important to become a good leader. So my biggest tip for anyone who's listening is to ask yourself, where do you rate in your e your IQ, EQ and AQ? That's where you know what you need to work on.
1: Awesome uh, formula, and if <laughs> I uh, if I if I want to ask you some uh, resources or what 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 can you recommend us? Maybe a book, another podcast, your podcast. Uh, wh- where can we take? I don't know inspiration.
0: Um. I would say that definitely LinkedIn is a very good platform for um, professionals who are looking to level up, either their technical skills or even their soft skills. Um, I personally have um, launched a podcast talking about um, the soft skills and, you know, personalities and um, young people as well as leadership. So, we um, have resources out there, but I think Daniel, as you earlier mentioned, it's about taking action. So, after consuming all the information, please remember <laughs> to take action.
1: Okay, please uh, please tell us where the, where the people can find you if if they want to work with you or find out more about your or, or podcast.
0: Sure. So, uh, please feel free to um follow me on uh, LinkedIn or Facebook um at uh, May Ping, uh, May Ping Lim, or you can uh, head over to my website gotaping.com. Um, links to my podcast and all these all of my other content are also on my uh, LinkedIn and other social media sites
1: excellent so thank you very much for uh, taking your time to to have uh, this uh, discussion uh, i th- i think i and i hope for uh, <laughs> the people who listen uh, that will uh, will find great insights and uh, thank you again mate
0: yeah thank you bye bye
1: mulțumesc ascultă finanțe fm dacă episodul de azi a fost valoros pentru tine acordă un rating și dă subscribe pe itunes Pe mine mă găsești pe Facebook, Instagram și YouTube Daniel Tănase sau pe website-ul meu danieltanase.com.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. For more awesome content like this, remember to like and subscribe. Also, head on over to my website, meiping.com, that's dot com, and subscribe to my weekly newsletter for more career growth and personal development tips. You can find the links in the description box below. Once again, you're listening to got Ping, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye!